This week on The Reverse Stick, Ernest Lee is with Taya McLeod in Hong Kong, Alan Gormley is walking the game across the globe, and we're sitting on our bums in a shed. And welcome to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast, episode 88. Alan That music seems pretty loud there tonight. It might be these cans that I've got on. It's, uh, how you going, mate? Good to see you. Yeah, thank you. Haven't really caught up uh, over the past week or so, so it's nice to be sitting here once again after our rigorous travels uh, oh, last week and no, putting no, last week. Sh- no, it's, it's been good. Jet lag was a bit of a problem. I slept for three days. Uh, then I got up and. Uh, didn't umpire at the weekend, mate. I actually got onto the hockey field for a bit. The shoulder is uh, swinging, and I'm back in action. Stop umpiring. What a waste of time that is. Were you, do- <laughs> Were you doing a bit of a uh, pre-season? Yeah, a bit of pre-season. Then okay. training Monday night. Got the boys running around a bit and had a bit Did of you? a run around myself. And, and didn't cramp up once. I'm moving freely. Oh, I'm feeling good. I've registered for the season. Oh, less than 10 days to go now, mate. And uh, our, our season's uh, underway. But... Well, sorry, what what is underway is show 88, episode 88 of the what? Uh, when, when's the season start? About 10 days. A week Saturday. Oh, no, next Saturday. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. You're not registered, are you? Have you told you, I hope you've told your team manager that you're available. Oh, yeah, but I got a very bad email back when I did. Oh, really? Yeah, he told me I was fines master. Yeah, quite right too. <laughs> What? Well, he's a new manager, and I said you've got to start delegating these positions. And uh, a certain <laughs> Mr. Lee, uh, not not the the gent who's been interviewed later, you need to take on a bit more responsibility within the team. So, right? so uh, not only that, uh, hopefully you're storyteller as well. How, how, how am I going to get money out of those type bastards? <laughs> <laughs> what have we got? Um, well, international news. Let's start in um, Aslan Shah, shall we? We'll start with Aslan let's, Shah. Let's do that. Um, haven't been able to get our eyes on it, unfortunately. It's being howled by the local broadcasters, and uh, it is available on replay here in Australia on Fox Sports. No, well, Fox, Fox have the rights to it yeah. in this country. Yeah, so I know that Saturday, Saturday's games were played uh, Sunday morning here on, on replay, back to back the three games that happened but uh, unfortunately I'm a KO Sports subscriber not a Fox Sports subscriber and it's not on KO Sports and they so. were replays by the way yes replays yeah, yeah uh, but I believe you can get onto uh, Hockey Malaysia on YouTube you can you can cer- certainly search uh, Sultan Aslan Shah Cup and there are some uh, highlights packages that are available on there okay. Just but for the rest of the world, in, including India, there's been uh, uh, much discussion about the lack of opportunity to view the tournament in India, their first run for the men for the season. Well, it uh, turns out a, a television station having the rights doesn't guarantee you getting to see coverage wow, of the games, does it? That, don't we? we know that, don't we? We know that. FIH Live, where are you? Um, anyway, on with the results, Sean. Well, of course, there's a game underway as we speak, Matt Allen, can I tell you, that there's a game underway. It is between... Korea and Malaysia and this is a very important game in the, as far as the tournament um, is concerned vis-a-vis final results and I hit the rev- ah, here we go 2-1 a victory to Korea over Malaysia so um, 
they'll do funny things to the table, as it turns out. Well, and India had a win earlier on, they didn't they? 7-3 win over Canada. That will put um, Korea on 10 points equal with India, and the next team down, Malaysia, will be on 6 points with one game left, so it will be an India-Korea um, final for the Aslan Shah Cup with just one game to play on the 29th, which is on Friday, and then 30th on Sunday will be the finals there, and it will be India versus Korea. So the Indians will be happy they're there. Korea, I think, uh, a little bit of a surprise being uh, into the final. Yeah, but world, world, ranked, world ranked 17. Yep, no, good to see them there. Um, India, after their win today, uh, sitting on 14-4-6 against. So they've, they've scored a few goals, but they've, they've leaked a couple as well, and uh, they had a very interesting earlier on pool match against the Koreans. It was a one-all draw. Well, that's what's got the Koreans there, and how late, yeah, was, that, how late was that goal <laughs> for the Koreans? It was very late. It was so late, in fact, the Asian Hockey Federation uh, put up a post saying, congratulations, India, on your 1-0 win to Korea. <laughs> Seriously. I made, a little, I made a little comment on there. Three or four minutes later, it had disappeared. Surprise, Good. surprise. Well, it's good that they can correct these things when they're yes, given yeah, the opportunity. That's right. Uh, what else have we got going on in um, the world of international hockey? Well, of course, we travel to Hong Kong. Hong Kong, because there's... Well, I thought there were lots of things going on in Hong Kong this weekend, but it turns out it's just one tournament going on. Uh, you were confused by some Two of the posts about, about some of the different results well, that yeah, popped we'll, up. We'll get that, because I, I was taking my results off the um, TMS, the Asia Hockey Federation TMS International. Page. International Asia Hockey, that's the one. Uh, there were men's and women's playing at the same time in Hong Kong, and uh, it was a tournament played between Hong Kong, China, Thailand, and Chinese Taipei, and on the men's side of things... Uh, Hong Kong China came out on top of that little triangular quadrangular tournament which we'll, we'll get to in a second. Well so yeah it's listed on the tms.fih.ch site the 2019 Hong Kong Triangular Hockey Tournament that's for men and 2019 Women's Hockey Invitational Tournament for women three matches um in both competitions there. Yeah Hong Kong had a 3-2 victory over Chinese Taipei and then um they had a 2-1 victory over Thailand Thailand uh, managed to get over the top of Chinese Taipei 2-1 in a shootout after a 4-all draw on the final day, so that was pretty good. That's on the men's side of things. On the women's side of things, it was Thailand who came out on top after a 5-0 victory over Chinese Taipei and a um, 5-0 victory over Hong Kong, with Hong Kong China uh, getting up to uh, take second spot with a uh, 5-0 victory over Thailand. Uh, sorry, with a... that's. 4-0 victory over Chinese Taipei, I should say. Uh, but what really got us confused is because uh, we went to the Hong Kong Hockey Association Facebook page. Well, this, this was popping up on our feeds because, of course, yeah. we follow. We've both got a little pin badge, haven't we, we that have we received off Alfred? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we were following the results and everything. We noticed that there were four teams playing in this tournament, and not it's an three. An, yeah, and announced there's a quadrangle on the, on the website there. And so Shenzhen... Um, just over the border there um, from China we're taking part uh, for the um, the men's competition that's right isn't it and on, no, no sorry the women's competition on the men's competition there was a president's 11 also slotted in there which was very confusing until our good friend Theo McLeod uh, who is attending the tournament 
um, sent us some audio and he's spent a bit of time there at the tournament and if you look at his Facebook posts he's spent a lot of very happy times there at the tournament enjoying his time in Hong Kong well, should, should we play that through now and it's the conversation with Ernest Lee the general secretary which there. answers our questions yeah, answers the questions on that and then we'll come back with some more news afterwards. My name is Ernest. I'm the Secretary General of the Hong Kong Hockey Association. Okay. Uh, this tournament, uh, the, we first started it in 2006 um, for the men's uh, team. Uh, initially, we applied for Olympic solidarity uh, funding support in preparation for the 2006 uh, Asian Games, uh, which was held in Doha, and to get the men's team ready, and uh, and uh, that's how it started. That was uh, over 19 years ago, uh, uh, 15, 13 years ago now, initially. Uh, you get the Olympic? No, 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 we got the Olympic Solidarity Funding for preparation of the Asian Games. Okay. So we were we were we were qualified for the Asian Games. Uh, after that, we carry on to uh, host the tournament uh, uh, each year. Then, two or three years later, when the women's side was also ready, so we started to uh, host the tournament alternative year, a men and the women, men and the women. Until recent years, about three or four years ago, the government has uh, given us more funding so that we are now able to do the two tournaments together. Uh, you know, so that the uh, the, the, the national team can have more playing opportunity instead of you know only once a year for the men and the women and the men. Now we can both sides got more opportunities to play and be prepared. Uh, our our men's side and the women's side, uh, our midterm target is to always qualify for the Asian Games. Uh, our ladies team uh, qualify uh, uh, for the last Asian Games in Jakarta. Our men's uh, did not qualify, but they were invited to the Asian Games. Uh, we have mixed result. The ladies' result was a little bit better than the men's because um, we have a new squad that who have no previous experience in Asian Games for the men's team. For the men's team. So that's why they struggled a bit. But overall, it was a good experience for them. Uh, curiously. We have a president selecting. That's right, because that's the last minute arrangement. Because we tried to invite uh, uh, Singapore as well, but we couldn't. Uh, we they were unable to come. But we wanted to make it a quadrangular instead of a, a triangular. So we just put in two teams. Uh, the ladies, uh, the women's side, they have the Shenzhen team as well. They are not FH uh, team. Uh, it's like the present eleven, and uh, and uh, their they, their result will count in the tournament, but. They will not be counted as an international result. Okay. But it's just to make the tournament better. And uh, the teams can have more match opportunities and more games to play. And secondly, uh, our present 11, uh, half of the team are composed of um, players of our junior squad. So, and at the end of this year, we have, uh, we will host the uh, Junior Asian Hockey Federation Cup. So this is, uh, since we could not get another team to come, so we just say, okay, let's let's get, give them game time in this uh, to play against the senior team and other teams as well. So we improvise a bit, but uh, you know, for the benefit of you know all the teams that they get three matches instead of two, you know, make it a proper tournament because we have always hosted it as a quadrangular. So we don't want to change that because that seems a, a very good arrangement. And that was Ernest Lee talking to Tao McLeod at the Hong Kong.
quadrangular tournament uh, here on the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Yeah, we call them four nations elsewhere, don't we, when it's four nations that are playing, but, but, there's, but there's obviously not four national teams there. So we've got the, the ladder which is set for the national teams and where they finished in the games against each other, plus the tournament. So Shenzhen actually finished second, didn't they, um, uh, in, on the ladder for the, the women's tournament. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, but yes, they're, <laughs> they're not a country. No, maybe they should compete as a country. Um, yeah. Good thing or a bad thing? What do you think about that? What? About that oh, expansion of the teams to to get more value, more hockey um, for the countries involved. Um, well, this will probably be a discussion that is all taken up as part of a, a future discussion to be had about world rankings, etc. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, is yeah. it is it fair that you get world ranking points for a tournament that features teams that aren't necessarily? But it wouldn't. But it wouldn't. You wouldn't get those points for those teams for the games against the teams that aren't involved. Not, That's not the way it's going to work. Yeah, but we'll but come to, we'll come to that later anyway. But I, I, I've got nothing against it as an idea for an invitation. It is they are invitational tournaments. You know they they could have asked Hotspurs along and we'd be all sitting around going, oh, isn't it great that they've got all these old players out there showing their skills again? You remember the old yes, yeah, 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 absolutely. So you know, oh, the I've last time I saw him play, Jay Stacey was, was 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 playing. Okay. Uh, what else we got going on with news, John? As uh, far as results go, yeah. Well, what have there, you got? There is one result I'd I'd like to find out. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's not a it's not a team result. In fact, I don't even know the teams or clubs involved in this particular game. Okay. I just know that there's one result we have to find out: Findo versus Bugsy. Findo, oh, yeah, Stephen Finlader, obviously yeah. from the hook. Hopefully, we'll catch up with Findo prior to EHR coming up in just a couple of weekends' yeah. time. But uh, uh, Findo, Bugsy, Bugsy, yeah, Bugsy, Bugsy. who's yeah. Bugsy? Bugsy, Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny, He's a rabbit, R- rabbit, rabbit. And we don't r- mention rabbits on oh, this program. We don't mention rabbit, do we? No. no. Interesting. Well, we'll find out. Oh, I've got a couple of things, John. No, well, wait, hang on, hang on. Oh, what? Go on. What else? Oh, yeah. What was I, the score? Well, oh, what oh, are we talking? Are we talking men, men's ones? I think so. Yeah. Look, I, I, I'm not really that interested. In the EY Hockey League, it's uh, it's uh, seven four on aggregate, I think, between the two teams. The, for uh, new listeners, for new listeners, we're referring to Ireland um, for a start. Yeah. Well, um, to uh, a couple of our uh, listeners and contributors. What I need is some banter. I want to know what was going on between the two big men of the game. I want to know if there was any <laughs> altercations, uh, any words spoken. So this is right. Railway Union versus YMCC. Any tackles involved in this particular matchup? I'm sure it was you played know. in the very best of spirit. All been. those Dublin clubs just get on <laughs> just fine with each other, and it's one big hashtag hockey family there, John. Uh, but if anybody does have some inside information on that particular match, we would love to hear it here at the Reverse Stick. John, right. you've got some more. And look, if you. You can write into us. You can send us an email, John at the reverse stick.net or Matt at the reverse stick.net. We can get in touch on the socials, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, all at the reverse stick. Um, how else can you get in touch? We're on Reddit a little bit. You can pop oh, something yeah. up on there. Yeah. Oh, is that another one? <laughs> and of course we're on Scored. Are you on Scored? I am. Get on Scored and get ready for the latest EHR Fantasy League coming up. There will be a the reverse stick mini league. Um, I haven't got around, John, to sorting out the promotion for that Kookaburra's signed singlet. It's just oh. there's a lot of work because you've got to like do web pages with terms and conditions and all that sort of stuff, and I just haven't got the time at the moment. But I'm thinking maybe do we hold it back for the first prize for our mini league? Um, but participants to the mini league have to be listeners to the show. Oh, how are you going to 
determine that. We could do a keyword or a code word or something like that. So just so we don't get any blow in to come in late on thinking I'll join this league and take away the chocolates, just like happened last oh, time. Um, good idea. So yeah, I think that's what we're going to do with it. We're straying off the news a little bit. Um, talking about scored, uh, available on scored over the weekend were the live streams from the Copa del Rey oh, yes, of course. Um, in Spain. Uh, Polo won their thirtieth. Uh, Copa del Rey a 3-1 final win over Athletic I'll give you some other news from around uh, the northern hemisphere John and a little bit in the south um, this has come from Ian McCoslan I put the call out on social media let us know your your league winning sides your championships won uh, Ian McCoslan Wapping Hockey Club well, Wapping were of course mentioned last week and this is an unofficial reply but they are the club of pencil from the TRS World 11 These, this is all uh, happening in the East Leagues in England the women's twos won Division 2 South West by one point needing a win on the last day to stay ahead of Letchworth men's ones won Premier A by four points returning to the National League and men's twos won Premier B six points ahead of local rivals East London uh, ones uh, they also won three titles well done to all involved there uh, in that part of the world as well Epsom Hockey Club from the Surrey Hants League their men's ones had a goal-tastic season 78 goals John thank you very much promoted as champions into the South Prem uh, let's go to Southern Ireland Enniscorthy Hockey Club that uh, they won the Leinster Ladies Division 7 uh, with one match to go played 19 118 75 goals for 5 against 54 points in the bag and a cup final coming up against Nars Hockey uh, from Mark Robinson Bromley and Beckenham Ladies ones the East Premier Champs in England promoted into the league last season and now league champions National League Conference East beckons next season over onto Reddit uh, in the Verde Recreo League Ashmore first team that's in the southwest of England had a very successful season this year and uh, Ninja3429 is really happy about the result. Well done. And S. Dolan in the Leinster League Division 2 in Ireland, Loretto Hockey Club seconds. Uh, the girls had an amazing season, winning the league with two games left and remaining undefeated. Two more to go, John. Rotten Row Hockey Club, Women's West District 1, the Blue Sox ladies, 17-4, no draws, one defeat, record season to win the league by over 14 points. I had the pleasure of watching those ladies play against Hillhead Ladies 2 in the plate final at the weekend, live on Instagram. What fantastic coverage. Thank you, boys, for uh, bringing that game to us. Lots of entertainment there. Um, this is what we talk about when trying to get live footage of hockey out there. It doesn't have to be the, the, uh, the best quality footage in the world, but if you can have some engagement with the guys that are there at the game and have a bit of banter and uh, well, you know, um, challenge them to um, maybe make a few inappropriate sh- comments to the crowd <laughs> uh, you know goad them on a little bit that's all in the spirit of hockey isn't it and I think it's really fantastic for the uh, for Rotten Row Blue Sox to provide that service very last one John uh, Jared Ivanovic uh, he's getting in early from the uh, Queen Bee and United Hockey Club in the Hockey ACT <laughs> in Australia uh, he's given the results from last year saying the teams in State League 2, 3 and 4 um, League 2 and 3 both minor premiers in 2018 League 4 won the grand final in 2018 season starts on Saturday come on Jared, get in touch in 6 months please mate we don't you know I'm happy to talk about last season's results if you want to Matt well, that, that's fine by me Jared, Jared's allowed though you see John and do you know why? Patron 
Jared Ivanovich, thank you so much for being our very latest Patreon subscriber. Thanks for getting on. You can get on and help us out. Patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick. Uh, if you feel that oh, this is something that's worth supporting and keeping going. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Uh-huh. Apparently a world leader, but we might talk about that oh, a little bit no, later. No. <laughs> Praise redacted, please. Come on. Um, okay, well, there, there's several things we can be chatting about. Where do you want to start? Uh, oh, just a quick one on the Hockey South Australia announcement oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. about looking to raise funds to be part of the Australian Hockey League and whatever the new format's going to be. Hockey One. Um, they set up a GoFundMe and an ASF Sports um, uh, donation system over here, which means it can be uh, tax-free d- donations with it. Uh, Hockey South Australia have announced they're committed to fielding women's and men's teams in the new Hockey One League commencing in 2019. They are overwhelmed by the support they've received from the South Australian community. Uh, although the task of fundraising, funds and sponsorship is not complete, there's further opportunity for the community and businesses to be involved supporting hockey in this exciting new national league i checked out this morning the gofundme's got ten thousand nine hundred and five dollars in there and the asf twenty nine thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars in there so about 14 a bit grand in there so far they're looking to raise a hundred thousand they're obviously buoyed by the support in that very short period of time to get to that level and think they can probably get over the line with it well, so good on them great to see really happy to see if you're trying to approach a sponsor for an, another 20 or 10 grand or something like that so you look we've, we're getting the support there you yeah know, we've got this in this many days yeah yeah, yeah 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 so good luck to them and they need to be there south australia and the northern territory should be there yeah. if it's truly an australian competition um yeah so let's hope that gets sorted out <laughs> Indian coach, you called it, mate. Uh, did the, I? Well, well, well you know, we, we've mentioned about 12 names, um, but I'm pretty sure if you listen back to 82, 83, or 81, uh, somewhere in the 79. middle, um, I'm pretty sure that I said Graham Reed, Graham Reed, Possum Reed is likely to be the next uh, uh, coach of hockey India. Um, did you? Well, it's not. It's yes. It, oh, okay. uh, it, oh, maybe. Um, <laughs> you have to go back and check. Oh God, damn it. But there's no transcripts of these shows, so you've actually got to go back and listen. Yes, uh, yeah, we're not silly enough to actually put any of this. And we know, that, we know that you won't do it. Uh, so, well, yes, we, we, no, you well, did mention the name. It's the not name announced. It's not. It's not announced yet. Well, we we mentioned the name because what we understood was that he'd been approached very early in the piece and had turned it down because he was very happy at Amsterdam. Um, and in the well, in the Dutch assistant role as well. So maybe that was the catalyst to uh, the conversation happening. And after Amsterdam's 8-2 defeat uh, last week or the weekend before um, and a, a bit of a run of poor results and not sitting quite where they would like to sit, it seemed like the perfect opportunity to say bye-bye, Graham. Um, and Graham's probably not that bothered because he thought there was another opportunity or knew there was another opportunity there. So are uh, you suggesting that it wasn't on Graham Reed's radar at all and a journalist has gone, your name's been linked to the Indian coaching job, Graham. No. And Graham's gone, oh, well, I haven't thought about that, actually. No, I'm not at all. I think, no, he, he was approached about it quite some time back. And, and said no. And, and said no, or maybe not at this time. Um, and uh, we've had quite a protracted um, uh, recruitment search, haven't we? It's missed two deadlines already um, 
for applications. So maybe Hockey India were just waiting for the right man to come along and the right timing for it to happen. And, uh, well, it hasn't and, and hurt every, him at this tournament, has it? Sorry? It hasn't hurt him at this tournament. No, of course not. No. So, no. Um, they're obviously in reasonably capable hands at the moment. Yeah. Going as expected. And you'd think that, um, you know, once you get to a final, anything can happen. But, if, you know, if India were to lose two to one or three to two or something like that, that's an entirely acceptable, well, no, well, it won't be acceptable. It's never acceptable to lose back home in India. Yeah, but it would be an understandable result, whereas, you know, to get spanked 5-0 would be um, just unthinkable. No, they're, they're travelling well. They've got a lot, lot, right. of, lot of younger players in there. So, uh, look, it's it's apparently, it's, apparently it's, it's, it's gone to the Sports Authority of India for their approval, which is what has okay. to happen with all... Uh, international coaches and advisors and well if we've mentioned the situation with the the media ban haven't we for those under the employ uh, from foreign shores of the sports authority of india uh, so so we can scrub that possum raid interview no, i don't think, think that'll be happening so mate don't, don't, don't think that'll be happening another one <laughs> Um, yeah, well, good luck if that if it is the case. Jay Stacey apparently was the other one in the in the picture. Just while well, we're slightly on the Azan Shark Cup, there. We're a sh- it's not announced yet though. This, we're just going off whispers and we're what's just been told. told is yeah. that what you're? Yeah. You're pretty keen on that that informant though. You're pretty keen that they're on the ball. Yeah. So. Informer. Uh, <laughs> um, also, something worth discussing is because um, you, you're telling me it, it's de rigueur, but. Um, India played the opening uh, couple of games with a, a man missing from their team. 18 man, or a person, match day squads. India only fronted up with 17, uh, and that was because a player had been suspended in the last game that India had played for two matches, and as the rule stands that... Yeah, well, I think it was, it was Akash, Akash Deep, and it Akash was because Deep, of swearing yeah. in a um, FIH official post-game in the last... World Cup game Isn't in, that one in, you'd in love to be a fly on the wall for? Because to cop a two-game ban, you must let it fly. You'd think... You'd you, you want to make sure you let fly if you're going to cop two games for it. Uh, you know how some people can be a bit precious as well, though, John? Can they? Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, maybe. Well, okay. C- certainly Fact ex- is he, regardless... Certainly some ex-FIH officials like that. Well, regardless, he got two games. And... um under the rules as they stand, and I understand from you, uh, is a long-standing arrangement uh, that is to be served by the team as opposed to the individual. So India were denied the services of one player for the next two games. Yeah, with, in hockey, we work as a collective, don't we? And, and a captain can be sent off by the misdemeanours of a member of the crowd or somebody on the bench. or um, it, the, the team does suffer on individual offences. Even with a green card, the team's suffering, isn't it, because of an individual offence. Now, Akash Deep, he, he, he could have been playing his very Bearing last... Mind, he could have been playing his last international yeah. game of hockey when he, when the offence occurred, and then he gets a two-game international ban. Well, what does that mean? He's, it's totally ineffective. So the only way, really, as an organisation, the FIH can make things like this effective is to make it a, a, a team ban it might not seem fair but I don't see any other way around it particularly with the fluidity of squads and players that we have at the top level in hockey and, I mean, and the big distance in between between games if you know it's just shown last time we played was in Babanaswar at the World Cup in December um, where we're, we're now in April well, almost he um it must be pointed out that this was an offence that occurred after the game had finished. 
It wasn't during the game itself that I'm led to believe. I don't think so, no. But no, so it was after. Rega- the game. Regardless. Yeah. So there was there was no on-field punishment meted out for this because punishment because obviously it happened after the game. But what I'm interested in is what would have been what would have happened if that had happened in the second pool game. And he and he still got his two games banned. Would India be forced at that stage to be played one man less, or just he wouldn't play? Uh, that's interesting. No, I th- I th- I th- I'm not sure how the rules go. We'll try. Maybe someone will let us in on. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, I understand the logic of doing that to a degree. I still don't like the idea that the uh, the indiscretion is by the player. No, no. But the thing so, is, in uh, in, yeah. no, no. In the tournament, though, in the tournament situation. You couldn't replace them for somebody else coming in. So you've got your squad of 18, if it's an 18 player tournament, you've got that squad of 18 there for the tournament. He would get that exclusion for the next two games within the tournament and the team would be down to 17. You can't, okay. you can't pull in a replacement for somebody who's like sus- a suspended. Olympic roster. No, that's it. That's okay, it. That's so they're it. not going to squad a 32 and just picking 24. On the day, no. That's it. Because when you go into the or tournament, whatever. when you go into the tournament, that's your squad of 18 or 20 or whatever. That, yeah, 18. That's it. Yeah, it used to be 16, but yeah, 18. And uh, so he'd be missing anyway. So you'd be down to 17. Yeah, and uh, and so that's the only effective way. It doesn't say. Yeah, it might not be borne out on the individual because they might never. And what that kind of opens up as well, if it was on the individual and, the, and they did just get to oh, walk away at the end of it. a question from before then. Yeah, have I? Yeah. Good. Well done. Thanks. <laughs> You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Thank you for joining us once again. This is show 88. Uh, might be your first time and thank you. You know, don't forget to tell your mates. Spread the word on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter all at the reverse stick. What else, John Lee? What else have you got? Um, Ernst Bart, our good mate. Ernst. Ah, studiohockey.com. The latest podcast is out. An interview with uh, John White, who is the uh, sports director at the FIH. Uh-huh. Former England and Great Britain player. Eight years. Yep. Um, as he puts it, two Olympic cycles. <laughs> um, he was talking to Ernst about the because we talked last week about the new ranking system that's being proposed. Well, there was a few announcements came out, yep. wasn't there? And post, about the lack the of the World Series meeting. and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And he answers some of Ernst's questions about some of those decisions and what what they mean as far as what what is being planned or what ideas the FIH has at this time. Did you did you notice uh, Ernst's opening to the podcast where? Uh, uh, he spent about 12 minutes, probably half the, uh, th- a third of the podcast, talking about the things that he wasn't going to talk about. Here's a list of things that I'm not going to talk about. <laughs> but I, but I want you to know. Yeah, we do want to talk about them at some point in time. Um, yeah, look, interesting interview. It's, it, have a listen. Check it out. Um, because it is partly the future of our sport. And I think the FIH is, is open to ideas and stuff. And, and it needs to be spread wider. Uh, at, at the end of it, um, John talks about the idea of it. It's, it's very much a model at this stage. It's something, it's a work in progress. He doesn't use those terms, but the, certainly I got the feelings through. We've got, you're talking about the rankings, mod, modeling on rankings as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the whole world ranking system. So it, it's something worthwhile of everybody having. If you've got a point of view, throw it up now because it's no good complaining afterwards. About you know what, John? It when you had yeah. a really good idea. But so. you know what? I'm a bit 
bit bored of the FIH throwing up half-baked or slightly unfinished projects. Here's, here's another one, guys. We, you know, we've got these ideas and we're working with this and we're modelling this and we're trying this. Go away, bring us something complete, then launch it. Um, rather than half-launch it and then within two or three years the thing fizzles away and dies. Well, Do the bloody it. work first. Don't, don't beat a test with your market. Get it right first and then launch it. What I was, sorry, you know, you're right. I was, I would have brought up was the, exactly that idea you're talking about in that there's no, there's no document that we've got in front. Maybe, maybe the national associations have them. Maybe they've been sent out, but it would be nice to have sort of some sort of document that where it was all laid out in front of you and you could, you, you could see exactly what was the purpose of, Look, that's not the forum for what Ernst was trying to do, nor no, no, would John no. have expected it no. to be the forum for that. No, but there's some interesting points brought up. Uh, well, yeah, t- well, t- talking about the ranking and, and the, the change of that, of course, Ernst has been calling for a change in the ranking for quite some time. He was pushing John to say, to say well, on your new modelling, how, how does it all lie? You know, hoping that it would obviously align directly to what to uh, um, Ernst's uh, model with it John wasn't drawn on that but uh, uh, yeah it's looking at more of a um, a, uh, it's a, a match based ranking system as opposed to the tournament based ranking system and of course all the major tournaments uh, achieve higher levels of ranking points it's hard for lower ranked nations to get into those tournaments there's all sorts of problems around it um, and this new system is looking to uh, basically a, award or take points away for any test match. Yeah, and look, it's it's good to hear the FIH talking like this, um, openly about something. And so this is our our time as the hockey community. Get in and have your say. Um, and I'm not. Is a new door opening there at the FIH, Matt? Oh, look and. You can listen to a couple of interviews that Ernst done, the, the one with John Wyatt, um, the previous one he did with Mike Joyce. And to his credit, Mike actually says, you know, we haven't been getting it right. We did get things wrong. And I think that the FIH is perhaps open to things being discussed a bit more freely. Um, yeah, but but if, if, have these conversations not happened two years ago, four years ago, six years, eight years ago? I don't want the hockey revolution to be this turning circle of shit decisions. <laughs> Are you pitching my bloody metaphor? Yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> um, this that that just we just regurgitate. We put some flashy PowerPoint presentations up. We say what people want to hear about the way the way the world is today and what we need to be doing with our sport. Um, and we don't actually advance it in any way in uh, for the parameters that are set. So, greater visibility. What does that look like? On more TV screens, uh, more online viewers, whatever. It... One thing. That what we need is more players okay. at the grassroots level. That's what grows the game, yeah. and that you know that's what that's what supports it. One one thing that concerns me is we've we've just had the release of the 2024 report about the direction of hockey now. Not too many months later down the track, we get told that the the World Series hockey series hockey series that that's gone. That's all over after one episode. Um, yeah, was that 
2024 report written with that in mind and with knowledge that that was the case? I think John White said there was challenge and conflict created by the scheduling um, of it. Well, he uses the term unintended consequence, which is, you know, the theory of unintended consequence should be known to anybody that's trying to make a decision about anything. And... um, that's just forward planning and risk management. Well, I don't see the, the clash and fixturing being an unintended consequence. No? No, I see that there's a totally foreseeable consequence. So do you think that some people, that uh, decisions were made with a view that Hockey Series Open would only be a one-year event anyway? Well, yeah. I, I, that, well, that's the question that's got to be asked. Otherwise, is is that report written on the premise that the hockey series open would be continuing yeah. to go, and, yeah, and yeah. anything that's drawn from that report is based upon that going ahead? Uh, that's the only. You know. So one of the other points was that um, this would allow some freeing up of the calendar for national associations. So this is talking about putting a greater weighting on continental championships uh, for the Olympic route. And then there would be, and there has to be, a secondary Olympic route for those sides that fall slightly lower down the continental championship um, lists. And uh, But we're still going to have qualification via rankings, probably, aren't we? So the whole thing with the rankings change is that those individual test matches, if you're playing against a side that's in, in pretty close proximity to you in the rankings, there's not a lot of points to be gained or lost. Whereas if you're playing against a, a much lower ranked side, uh, if they get your scalp, they can get a significant boost in the rankings and you you would have a, a harder hit than were you to lose against a side in the in the, 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 the top eight around you or the, the sides around you. One of the things John made a point of saying in his discussion with, her, with Ernst is that they didn't want a system that discouraged lower ranked teams from playing higher ranked teams. Now, I, I understand you don't want that in this system. What you need to do, though, is encourage the higher-ranked teams to play yeah, the lower-ranked teams. Because yeah. at the moment, there's no real reason for them. And even under what little we've heard about this system, it seems there's very little reason for the higher-ranked teams to want to play. Because no, it would be a bigger league. risk to go and play those sides because you've got a, a chance of losing more ranking points for for a defeat against them than you would do against a defeat against and someone closer to you in the rankings. Yeah, it's 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 going to be, and let's, let's face it, it's good, whichever way they go with this, there's always going to be a two-edged sword. There's winners and losers to anything you go by. Now, if they had kept the World Series, Hockey World Series, that, under your model, would have been the perfect way to rank teams. Yeah. That could have worked. as a, as a, But... We have the added extra bonus of the second pathway that we have to throw into international events for the Olympics. Yes. So you've got to start thinking about stuff that's extraneous to what actually means you can run a, a, a good competition, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, sort of one of the other overriding uh, factors is that they're looking to free up the calendar for a national association, so they're encouraging more of these quadrangle tournaments, four nations, tri nations. Um, around and about but what was interesting and to note was that um, the feedback that they got from national associations was they could only afford really the majority to go to one competition annually um, so that clashes with continentals as well if you can only go and do do one you can only go and do that can't you it's, well uh, that means you can't progress anyway yeah as we saw with Vanuatu so that that fault exists now and yeah. will exist in the future even 
because you know Nash Vanuatu go to the, the Confederation Championship and do well at that they can't progress anyway because they're still in the same boat they were well they're doing lots of work on the modelling for it they want to get it right yeah uh, it's have fanta- our say, fa- yeah. fantastic but please get it right before we implement don't do it half-assed um, it's nice to see that there's some progress I, I would like to see the ideas that were outlined by John in that discussion released as a working paper for people to be able to discuss in the broader hockey community. Yeah. Well, and apparently a lot of yeah, a lot of athlete in national association um, consultation, yeah, and that's, that, that's not, where they that's see the, the, the most important the views. No, you're right. You know, that's missing the point, as we'll probably get to soon with the players' union, perhaps. <laughs> This is the Global Hockey Podcast called The Reverse Stick, and you're Matt Allen. I am, and you are? John Lee. Hi. We're the Dodgy Brothers. Are we? <laughs> Go on. Uh, what have we got? Uh, got Hockey played. India, they uh, advertised coaching courses level zero up um, nationwide, I believe, on their social media Good. a couple of days ago. Um, they gave a day and a half notice for deadline and applications, though making it hard for people to uh, get involved. But good, something happening there. Uh, what else we got? Drag Flick Olympic Team Sponsorship. Did you see this one? Yeah, I did. Now, what's going on there? So, I'm going to read from the page here. Um, field hockey teams. Or, no, I'm not going to read that. This is from <laughs> from Namisha. Um, Namisha's written, The new Hockey Inspire Fund is a fantastic opportunity for a financially struggling team to get to the Tokyo Games. Many of the hockey teams currently aren't able to afford to travel to these events, so the potential funding could make the difference. Potential funding. Fingers crossed. For field hockey, funding opportunities are rare and sponsorship deals almost unheard of. The fund will give them a chance to inspire the nation and shine at Tokyo 2020 and beyond. Hockey is an expensive sport to manage because of crippling costs. We want to help teams prepare and focus on winning medals. So look, if you're interested, team managers are urged to drop an email at inspire at thedragflick.com before the Olympic qualifiers this year. You might be in, uh, with a bit of, uh, a chance for a bit of support to get your team to the Olympics. I've changed my mind. Go on. About winning lotto. Okay. And flying everybody to a TRS World 11 game. Yeah. Got a better idea. Go on. Buy an island. Declare ourselves a nation. The yep. nation of reverse stick. Right. <laughs> and become an international hockey team. Okay. And. Well, we'll have to take a while to get our. Go for the sponsorship. Take a while to get our. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to take a while for us to get up the rankings a bit to get into the, the qualifiers, though. No, we'll, we'll, we'll get. We've got, we've got a team. We've got the infrastructure. We will do, because we'll have won a lotto. But uh, don't we need indigenous people to uh, uh, hold passports under FIH? We're laws? our own nation, mate. We'll be able to just just issue who we like to. Okay, all right. Let's, well, let's do that then. Um, Namisha? We can make ourselves part of the European Union. We'll be, we'll be, <laughs> we'll be on the phone to you soon. With the reverse stick, the totally non-political hockey podcast. It will be once we've got our own island, mate. Don't worry. Yeah, that's it. Uh, do you want to be uh, head of state? Yes, thanks very much. <laughs> well, are you prime minister and me president, or are you president and me prime minister? Uh, which one normally lives longer? <laughs> I'll be prime minister. Don't presidents get assassinated and prime ministers get? Yeah, sacked? that's what I mean. I'll be pro- yeah, I'll be prime minister. Thanks very oh, much. Okay, good. Just call me Theresa. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, a few people have called me a queen before, don't worry. Um, <laughs> that's 
flowing golden locks. Yeah. Okay, what else have we got? Players um, Union, Davy oh, Hart. Union, something yeah. popped up on the hook. Uh, have you got it? I've, I, I read a little bit of it. It was from the hockey paper, wasn't it? Oh, it wasn't. It oh, wasn't. Back no, the in hook, print. the hook read, yeah, back in print, the back hockey in paper. Print. With a kiddies well, page. Well, with a kiddies page. Oh, uh, yeah, with, um, Sabina Hans. Dear Hockey Kids, up yep. in the top corner, lovely to see. Good start um, to be. And also, also I've seen it in paper, but apparently Rod, Rod Gilmore from the the Hockey Paper has also got a new Monday morning Telegraph column just on hockey, which is fantastic to see. To spreading in spreading the, the word in the England. Big mainstream paper. Yep. Unreal. Well done, Rod. So fantastic to see, and good luck with uh, with the new print subscription service. Um, I look right. forward to Rob taking over Fox News Limited and uh, just plugging 24 hockey, 24/7 hockey. So from the new Ro- Rupert, from Rod's article with regard to the union, as you mentioned before, he was talking to Davy Hart, and Davy Hart said, uh, "If you think about it, the greatest asset the FIH has is its players. If there is a mismanagement and if athlete welfare isn't to the forefront, then there will be serious issues." The Pro League is a prime example of that, with the amount of travel involved and the ability for the FIH to, current, to currently to explain the longevity that they are looking to hold towards. I think you know what I mean there. Uh, pointing towards some of Ireland's players who don't play on the continent, Hart added, if you're not earning so much for your international side and you're based on your club commitments, but yet these will be lessened by the fact that you're away more than normal, then how is it possible to sustain that? There are plenty of things to be considered, as we mentioned uh, last week with yeah. uh, Billy Backer and others. Um, the article also goes on to say GB midfielder Emily Defron said we get a lot of support in terms of performance lifestyle psychology and all aspects of life not just on the pitch we could be away for weeks and months at a time and that is big pressure for individuals to deal with we are very fortunate that it's our full time job but I can understand that other nations don't have luxury uh, or that luxury um, it will roll on and roll on the debate with it but we've already called for that players union haven't we and it makes absolute sense maybe the FIH think by having the athletes committee there's no need for a players union um, and uh, that covers the athlete welfare uh, compliance side of things um, it would probably be nice to just have something independent wouldn't it oh look I'm I'm totally on the side of the players having an international players union and this was always going to be the case once the Pro League started, that they, the, the players would soon understand that they're all doing the same job, but perhaps not being remunerated in the same way for the job they're Very doing. different conditions across different countries. That, that's right. And, and very different touring commitments because of the nature of the fixture, etc., etc. Um, and that's without talking about gender equality in, in the mix with it. Yeah, exactly. And let's face it, they should all be paid the same. They're yes. playing the oh, same Christ, amount yeah. of minutes, they're yeah, doing yeah, the same yeah, amount yeah. of training. It's yeah. not an issue of whether there should be any disparity there or not. No. Um, <laughs> what I have a problem with is that uh, the idea that uh, any sort of players' union at that level is representative of, of players generally and across the board because we are only talking about 3% or... 5% of players are ever going to be anywhere close to being eligible for joining that that so-called union. Oh yeah, of course. Of okay, course. So uh, while while everything they say about why they should have that union is applicable and it should exist, there's also got to be a recognition from the FIH and and the International Players Union that there are issues 
outside of their realm and playing experience that us as players have. Well, and not we just, and not just as players, but yeah, as admi- well. administrators, committee members, um, coaches, people all around the world that are involved within the and, game. And by all means, speak about the issues that are involved with being an international player, playing in things like the Pro League and those sorts of That That's fine. But I don't think that they should be talking on behalf of global hockey players because their experience is vastly different from the majority of hockey players. Oh, no, and, but they're only being asked to give yeah, their opi- right. opinion on, on their experience from within national setups. They're yeah. not being asked about what's happening in their club back no, but, home. But very often what we're finding is we're being told there's changes or uh, different approaches to things happening be- and that the players have been consulted. But what they're talking about is the small cadre of players at the very uh-huh. top. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's not being reflected well, yeah, by d- play- yeah. what players think in the other part, the, the majority of the hockey no, club. and uh, look, th- that's that's the bigger issues that when the FIH um, and national associations talk about um, uh, how they've canvassed opinion and how they've spoken to people, who are they actually speaking to? Well, they're speaking to the uh, the CEOs, the executive directors, uh, the head coaches, and they're exactly. all very valid uh, points of view from their perspective. But we are a much wider hockey family. And exactly. if you if you want to get a global view, you need to uh, have that random pick of people from throughout the game that are prepared to to speak to you, um, and get a bit more of a balanced uh, balanced set of opinions. I think so. And yeah. considering that's yeah. a vast percentage and majority, and that I mean maybe not on everything, you know, not no, not on everything. No. I don't, you know, but that, I, don't, I don't want I don't want to be asked about the the the. Um, anti-doping new anti-doping uh, legislation because I'm not going to have somebody knocking on my door asking to do a wee in a bottle at six in the morning you should be (laughs) (laughs) it's time now here on the reverse stick the global hockey podcast we went for a walk Matt we did so here we are with Alan Gormley the man behind walking hockey Alan thanks so much for joining us on the show again you're welcome. Um, now, oh geez, it was a while while ago when we, we last caught up, and perhaps we've got a few new listeners now that didn't catch your last chat that we had. So let's start off, I guess, by, by letting people know what's walking hockey all about. Okay, if we rewind the clock then back to October 2016, one of our ladies decided that she could no longer cope with the game anymore and said it'd be great if we could walk and play hockey. So we had a little think project together and in January 2017 we launched Walking Hockey on an Unsuspecting World. (laughs) In fact the unsuspecting world at the time was Bromsgrove which is a small town in England for what we thought would be about half a dozen up to maybe 15 people Uh, and we had 40 people turn up and our Walking Hockey People turn up thinking, oh, gosh, we'll never walk all the way on a hockey pitch. Well, of course, that would be a bit silly. We play on approximately an eighth of a pitch, depending on how many a side we have. Uh-huh. Could be four a side, up to six a side. Uh, more than six a side doesn't work. Uh, that started very successfully. Um, from there onwards, we got in touch with one or two of my contacts in Australia and New Zealand and down at England Hockey. They were all very excited by it. Um, So this little local project suddenly turned into 
something with an international flavour. Um, we got invited over to Australia and New Zealand, saw the hockey bodies over there. They liked it. We came back to England and found out that we'd won an innovation award from England Hockey. And from there, it's just gone absolutely ridiculously crazy. We've got 50 members in Bromsgrove. We get up to 30 turning up every week. In England, there's over 40 clubs playing in just over two years, which is quite amazing. We've got growth in Wales. Um, there's pilots going on in New Zealand. There's three organisations up in Queensland having a go at the moment. And we've got interest from, we've now counted up to 40 different countries have been in touch with us about it. Incredible. It is. It's it's remarkable. Um, finally coming to terms with it now. <laughs> it's pretty much um, not a full-time hobby, but yeah, I suppose you could say it, it is a hobby. Because um, and I'm just delighted that so many people are able to get the benefits of playing the sport that they thought that they'd perhaps never be able to play again. So, so what does it look like? So you've you've got an eighth of a, um, a, a regular size field you're playing on. Goals at either end. Are yeah. They, are there goalkeepers? Are people wearing shin pads? Is it normal sticks? What what's what's? Do you have an umpire? Right. Well, uh, well. We'll give a bit, bit of visualisation here. So the pitch is laid out with uh, throw-down rubber markers. We've got mini goals at each end, so they're approximately two foot high and eight foot wide. Uh -huh. um, we have a shoot. We have a shooting zone that we've we've through experiment we've decided we'll have a shooting zone that's seven metres from the goal line. Um, so if we have, for example, a penalty corner instead of having a penalty corner, we have a challenge. Like the penalty shuffles in international games. Oh, I thought you were going to say a bully. I thought you were going to say a bully then, Alan. No, 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 no. Come on, hashtag bring back the uh, bully. No, that that so that that keeps it safe because obviously, walking people walking out number one from a penalty corner are going to get absolutely obliterated. Yeah, yeah. that keeps it safe. We have for long corners and free hits. Everything revolves around the, the shooting zone line. We have to play it three metres back from there before we can go in the D and shoot. People play with ordinary sticks or some longer sticks, which uh, we've been fortunate that a lot of our members have donated. Uh, likewise with shin pads, people have donated those as well to help people get going. So, so um, perhaps you'd, you'd turn up for the first time, and there'd be a, a a little basket of some some gear there that you could you could use for a couple of weeks to see if you wanted to, um, if you yeah. enjoy, if you enjoyed it, and then if you like it, you go and buy a flash pair yourself. That's right. We've done a couple of deals with local sports shops as well with old stock sticks. So people, some of the people we've got, they're well into the seventies, and you know it. It's an expense that they can do without, so yeah. we'll get we'll get it discounted, or we'll actually give them a stick out of the bin. Uh, so every week they turn up, you know, that, that's their stick that they can use. Well, it's interesting you said as well about longer sticks. Is is there a market for the the old forty forty one inch stick there for for some people? Well, we've tried some forty forty one inch sticks, and people have actually said the thirty seven and a half are enough. Yeah. Um, we thought there would be a market for longer ones, but 
it hasn't materialised. So, you know, nothing lost there. No, no. Um, perhaps as the game grows, there might be a demand for that. Uh, so we've, we've got that. We've got uh, the ball can't come above knee height. Uh-huh. Uh, you're not allowed to hit the ball because that gets too dangerous. There aren't any goalkeepers. Uh, so we, we, we can push it and we can slap it. Do we have umpires? That's a very interesting one. We run two to three matches at a time at the club. Two of the matches are people who come along for a bit of fun, a bit of friendship. And it gets a bit competitive, but not serious. Yeah. But the other match is generally former players who are... Um, sometimes they turn up as though they're lions that haven't been fed for a week. <laughs> That's good, they're keen. Yeah, they're keen, so we have to get the whistle out. And what's happened, actually, since since Christmas is that some regular club players are starting to come along as well, so they can get an extra training session. Uh And they're finding it really useful because when when you can't run, everything has to be very precise. So your passing has to be very precise, so you can hone your passing skills. Your movement into space obviously has to be spot on. The ability to think ahead and look ahead is really important because you can't make recovery by running. Uh, so we're quite surprised that we are seeing club players turn up now. They, they say they're really enjoying it and they mix well with the competitive former players. So what's what's the ruling between a um, a walk and a run? Where where do you where 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 do you cross the boundaries with it? <coughs> yeah, that's an interesting one. Without um, <coughs> excuse me, without video referrals, <laughs> um, we get some uh, how we say self self monitoring. Although what what I've had to do on a couple of times is take a video camera down and actually show people that. You are running, you're not jogging, you're, you're not walking quickly, you are actually running. So if we find people doing it, we tell them, yeah. uh, show them on the video, talk to them, tell them not to do it, walk off to the next pitch, turn around and find they're still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a, we have to go tough, back. Yeah, it's a tough one. Eh? Yeah, it's a, it's a process of education. Um. Yeah, well, you know, I, do, I always just think I always think of the you know the the walking races at the uh, the Olympics, the Commonwealth Games, and 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 somebody uh, doing the waddle um, with, yeah. with with stick in hand. Are there many waddlers? No, there aren't. To be fair, there aren't. They they seem to be able to get on quite a good pace, and I think it's what helps is that we've got some teenagers play as well, so we, we we've got like. 13-year-olds up to 78-year-olds playing now. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, the 13-year-olds are more agile, so they're quicker anyway when they walk. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you don't tend to get waddlers. and We try to just encourage people to move at the pace that's comfortable for them. Yeah. So Which is generally fast, faster than me. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the thing it's always about making something available for yourself somebody said something to me the other day about it's amazing how Maddie always seems to get there or thereabouts when it comes to finals whatever a team he goes into do you think it's got anything to do with the fact that he um, 
helps manipulate where different players play at different sides. I go, no, yeah. come, on, come on, you can't. But, you know, you've got to look after yourself a little bit sometimes. That's right. That's right. And interesting, actually, um, the US... I was due to go to the USA uh, last month for well, this their launch. Yeah, this is what I was about to come, come on to next, is about what, what's happening around the world. And the USA was one of the things that I did see pop up on social media. Yeah, well, I was working very closely with um, Sally Goggin, who's their development director. Um, she flew over to the World Cup in London last summer uh-huh. uh, to see walking hockey because we put on an exhibition match there. Which oh, I was... remember, I see, saw you walking up to the stadium playing. Yeah, it was great fun. It really was great fun. There was a fantastic reception from people too. But Sally flew over. She got really interested. We, we've been in touch regularly on all kinds of hockey matters. And she wanted to launch Walking Hockey, so I got invited over. Long story short, couldn't quite get there in the end. But their launch was phenomenal. Where We actually uh, were expecting a little bit of interest from one or two people. And it turns out that they had a 100 people actually pick up a stick and try it. And their half an hour demo turned into a three hour session. Brilliant. But that, so that there was a that, that was a congress that was going on there at the time. Was that a national congress? Yeah, every year they hold a, what they call USA Field Hockey annual summit meeting where they get all uh, coaches and clubs and organisations and sponsors and so on together and do a three day program. And it was like a, a pre dinner exhibition match, and they had a, an inflatable pitch which was really cool because the ball kept bouncing back into play, kept the whole thing going. Yeah. And they, they got a whiteboard and people just wrote the names on the whiteboard and made themselves into teams. Well, I think this is one of the things, isn't it, Alan, is, <clears throat> is that you can adapt it to how what, what's going to best fit your situation. And if you've got an, an innovation on the innovation, then go for it, do it. It's, it. it's not bound by any particular rules. No, it's not. It, it, you know, it, it's not like... You've got to play the 11 aside FAH rules. You, you adapt. You adapt the pitch size. You adapt the rules to suit you. If you haven't got goals, you know it's like jumpers for goalposts. Yeah. Anything you like. And in fact, um, Sally's uh, tried it first of all at their annual junior championships, and there they had parents and children playing. Uh-huh. On the same side, so you know that's that's another aspect of it. And you've done some. Really good. There, there's been some modifications. Some have used like the the, the bigger stick and the J ball kind of setup. Um, we have. We we had. Um, we've got a couple of schools locally. Um, one for severely physical, physically disabled children, yeah. and another one for children with severe learning difficulties. <clears throat> so we went, uh, invited them down to our pitch. And we laid the pitch out like a J-ball pitch um, and then used plastic sticks or wooden sticks, whichever were best for the children. Yeah. And what I didn't say is we always play with the larger ball as well. So I think it's like the, is it the, there's a ball in Australia that you've got over there that's slightly bigger than a standard hockey ball. Yeah, for some of the programs, I think, that are run in Victoria, uh, maybe the ATT yeah. as well, yeah. That's right. So we use balls like that, which we call quick stick balls over here. 
And the children with severe learning difficulties, <clears throat> they struggle with the chaos of sport. Yeah. Um, so we thought, well, if we use the J-ball principle of segmenting the pitch into an attack area, midfield area, defence area, they can have a degree of comfort in that they're in a, in a zone. Yeah, yeah. And then if we take the speed out of the game by making it walking, that takes more of the chaos out. And they had a whale of a time doing it. I think it's, it's, it's great, though, Alan, to hopefully, for some of our listeners, we're stimulating some thought. Going, hang on, maybe we could do this. Maybe we could, uh, maybe that, doing it this way doesn't fit, but maybe doing it this way does fit. Or maybe we can think of a totally different way that is going to fit our, our individual situation. What, what, what would you say to somebody who's in a club now that th- just uh, this conversation has sparked a, um, a little idea in their brain? How do they take it forward? What are, they, what are their next steps? I think the next steps are to find out what the demand is around them. Because we all have good ideas and sometimes, you know, some of them come through, yeah. some of them don't. So you've got to be, know, know your market. It's the old marketeer coming out at me now, but you've got to know your market. You have to know your market to see what's there. Well, you but say that, but, no... you, but you didn't. This is this this has gone beyond what you thought it was going to be. Um, so you can't yeah. be that, you can't be that bloody good. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I think you know, if you've got an, my, my philosophy on developing different ways to play the game is if you've got an idea, try it. Get out on a pitch with a stick. Get some mates. They don't have to be your, your principal target audience. Get them out on the pitch, try it, see if it works. Think of how they can adapt it. Listen to what the people say. I yeah. think that's the key thing. You've got to listen to what people give, the feedback they give you. Yeah. Um, and I think our game over here has developed in our town because I've let the people lead it. I've thrown some ideas at them, but all the rules have evolved from what they thought would work. We've tried different small side rules from all over the world. The the pitch shape, the pitch size, the whole thing's evolved by trial and error. Yeah. So they're now comfortable. So we've got that. Um, and the other the other thing, uh, just to give them more ideas, use it with young children so they can develop their skills while they're work, walking rather than while they're running. Yeah. It's the typical walk before running yeah, well, that, that really helps. Yeah, look, I know we you know, we'd had conversations some time back about the the cradle to the grave approach and about trying to yeah. get hockey um, more of that natural feeling for a hockey stick and a board or something similar from a very very young age. Um, just so then you know you 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 come through and it's natural then when you do pick up a proper hockey stick at five or six years old and and get involved with it. What what's where can people go out for a um, for for a template to to help them um, get a bit of structure about doing something with the club? Have you got some resources available online? Yes, we have. We've got uh, we've got our website, which is www.walkinghockey.com. And what on can, there, what, what, got... yeah, what can people find there? Well, there they, they'll find uh, we've got a blog which we update every couple of weeks. There are videos on there. There's some photos on there. There's, uh, there's a document which says how we started uh, right up to when we launched and a little bit beyond that. So there are good steps to 
you know, how to get a project going and running. Yeah. Um, we've also got uh, worked with England Hockey to using that document as the base to put a document together, which is on their website as well, which is really helpful. So my, my club, my club today, I want to launch walking hockey tomorrow. Can I go to that site and get some resources yep. to give me a framework that's going to make it easy for me to launch this and, and make it happen? You will. Yeah, you will. Perfect. And the, the key, the key thing is that, um, I'm always happy to help anybody who wants a question answered because I'm passionate about this. Um, so, you know, it to me, Anybody's got a question, a query, an idea, I not only want to help them, but I also want to learn from them so I can share their ideas with other people. Yeah, yeah. So how do people get hold of you, Al? You, we can, I know where I can find you, but where can other people find you on social media yeah, well, can, or an email or whatever else? Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got a Facebook site, which is Walking, uh, Walking Hockey Bromsgrove. Um, we've got my own personal email which i don't mind giving out which is alan a-l-a-n at sport s-p-o-r-t hyphen edge e-d-g-e dot co dot uk there's also a contact form on the website which we'll respond to really quickly brilliant and then if people want to go through that then i'm quite happy to have skype conversations phone conversations whatever thereafter yeah i i can lay testament to that you've been always been very generous with your time and i know your generosity with your time with other people here in this part of the world so we appreciate alan we appreciate what you're doing for hockey the most important thing though is it's uh it's coming to the end of the season now for bronze grove hockey club in the uk uh how the team's going i mean you're only you only coach about six teams, don't you? Yeah, I coach uh, men's <laughs> twos, threes, fours, fives, ladies, threes, fours, oh, fives. Geez. I underestimate. Uh, walking <laughs> hockey, under sixes, under eights, under tens. But it's not just me. We've got a great team of coaches here. Fantastic. They do so much work. And we've had a fantastically successful junior tournaments recently, our club. And now the top junior side in in our region in worcestershire uh under 10s boys and girls and under 12s boys and girls sensation so that that's yeah it is it's phenomenal so we've sort of sort of caught up with the clubs that were ahead of us and now we, we're pipped them and we and uh, that's, yeah we've got some promotions due and how, how are the, some of the, the senior league teams yeah now? we have yeah um our ladies threes are just look like they're just going to miss out by maybe by a point to go up uh, fours consolidated. Fives have had a great development season. Um, the men's twos, we've had a really successful run. Um, they're like my 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 taste of elite squad because all the other work I do is development. Yeah. Um, and we've had a fantastic run. We've played well since Christmas. We've scored forty plus goals and only conceded four. Beautiful. Um, won ten, drawn one. Stato coming out here. Um, <laughs> And if we win on Saturday, we're going up. Beautiful. And so there'll there'll be a couple of lemonades and uh, maybe a curry later. Oh on. yes, there will. <laughs> That's already planned. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, well, look, great, great to hear your. Uh, um, there's a bit of success coming with your club involvement, but even better to hear the success that's coming from walking hockey around the world. Thank you so much for joining us again. We're going to, we obviously, you know, we keep an eye on it. We're going to promote and promote and promote and do all of, and help out with all the good work you're doing. 
Um, thank you. Thank, thanks from hockey, and thanks for all the all the stuff you do to uh, make our game a better game. Really appreciate it, Matt. I love doing what I'm doing. It's great to get feedback from people. Cheers, Al. Cheers. Thank you. Listening to episode 88 of the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. What a pleasure it was to have Mr. Walking Hockey, Alan Gormley, join us once again and find out what's going on in the fast-paced world of what's going on in walking hockey. <laughs> Spreading across the globe. Mate, we're about to go live with it. We're about to go live with it here. I've got, In fact, I've got a meeting with a gentleman on, uh, on Saturday prior to our, our one's opening game of the season and uh, we're going to get everything knocked off and uh, just after Easter walking hockey's coming to our club Great. So, something for you to consider you're not far off it now you've done no pre-season Jeez, all you've been doing is recording bloody podcasts um, I've done about... exactly the same pre-season as I did last year yeah I know the shirt's moved another two inches out of the bag in the corner still there. sitting there yeah, it's looking it's, good it's, uh, just about getting ready to move for the season it is uh, totally pro league what happened in uh, the latest episode what were we on number seven number seven uh, a good friend of ours uh-huh. uh, Greg Bird joined me oh, I know because him. Greg's actually played oh no sorry hasn't played has been to a game of hockey in China that's the and qualification and the last two pro league games were in China so um, and he upset me with his rule change suggestions but we'll leave that be well, for now check Check I'll, that. I'll, Check I'll that have out. a beer and birdie at the next home game and uh, tell my premiership teammate what I think of his idea. <laughs> so you might have listened to that already. You might have skipped right past it, but check Good that out. out. Totally pre- pro league number seven. Uh, and some on- great co-host coming up in the next couple of weeks. There too. is indeed. Shh, don't tell him. Keep okay. it secret. Okay. Uh, on a separate feed, Push Past Pundits. Uh, you can go to yes. pushpastpundits.com and go to the podcast Gen page there. It's just a little click through to listen to the podcast. Uh, you can subscribe. We're on Apple uh, Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on all those things. Just search Push Past Pundits. There was a mini episode that went out last week uh, after our record, John, or just over the weekend. Uh, and that was a conversation that I had with Sukdev Gill from the Barford Tigers Hockey Club in the Midlands in England. Getting a bit of perspective of uh, a club of Indian origin outside of India, uh, but also a bit of a look back from Sukhdev back into India and what goes on, gonna, goes on over there and uh, the, the perceptions for, of, of Indians outside of India of hockey. So, uh, good little chat. Check that out on Push Past Pundits, episode 3.5. It's not, it's not a full show. It's just a little, little half hour. Yeah, episode four coming up soon with our pundits. It will be. And speaking of the pundits, they have been. Um very vocal in their their condemnation of a lack of broadcast for the uh, Azad Shah in Indeed, India because yeah. they're very keen. But they've also been doing their bit to keep everybody updated with the results there. And also a special mention to Dragflick and Namisha who are over there on EPO and they're putting up heaps of posts about uh, what's going on there with the competition as well. So bit, bit full on on my Facebook every third post. <laughs> She's going hell for leather on it, isn't she? But it's, it's great. We we can't see it. That's the only way we could get any sort of feel for the tournament. So thank you very much to all who are doing that. Uh, what else you got, mate? That's about it for me, really? mate, this week. Yeah, no, yeah, it's been hockey, hockey, hockey for me. Yeah, bloody goalkeepers. They're always a pain in the arse, aren't they? And I tell you, if I get one more email or a message of someone saying, why aren't I appearing on the registration? Tick the boxes. Just tick all the boxes that are relevant to where, you, where you're supposed to be playing. Stop 
emailing me about it. Hockey season's coming, mate. Oh. And I can hit a ball, and I'm really happy. Come on, bring it on, bring it on. Forget all about the fact that you're in Australia. But there'll be, there'll, there'll be no interviews uh, coming up, because all we'll be doing is talking about our games every week. No, I'm not talking about my games. You're the storyteller. Thanks for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. We'll catch you next time for episode 89 of the First Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Seriously, Fines Master. Yeah, get the tin out, mate. Didn't your Fines Master two years ago get the Fines tin stolen? You're going to have to improve the security in the no, shed here, I reckon. No, it stolen. It was left behind. Ah. Last year he got it stolen. The year before that, he left it behind. And we acquired it for a few weeks. Actually, the, <laughs> the year before that, he put it on the bar in a local tavern and uh, got people contributing to the tin. That's right. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> <laughs>